Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Caesars Rewards members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express. Your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. Be a part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. Your next Allegiant Stadium event catering your office party we are the best of barbecue las vegas style the great west college hockey podcast is a part of the icetimehockeywest.com network here are your hosts scott strandy and stephen marsh all right well welcome in hockey fans it's wednesday night which means it is time for the great west college hockey podcast <clears throat> a very weary scott strandy joining you tonight from canton michigan not far from the USA Hockey Arena. My co-host is always Paul. Paul Hornstein. See, I'm starting already. Uh, Stephen Marsh joining me from beautiful Las Vegas. Nevada. I'm happy to. I'm happy to have. I'm happy to leave and get Paul in here. But be quick calls with the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I am weary. I, I was up at 4 a.m. today. Drove 11 hours to get from. Well, uh, I just want to say, as it's been—I just want to say, as it's been reported, the Mega Millions was not won, so that's the reason we're still here doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Friday's jackpot yeah. is one point two billion dollars. So, okay, if you're let's buy our that, tickets. Let's buy our buy tickets. tickets now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm glad I can laugh instead of cry, but I'm—I'm I'm thrilled, Stephen. As you know, and maybe the listeners don't know, I'm here to watch a, uh, a bunch of what I consider to be the 60 best junior hockey players in the United States of America ever being put together on one ice surface. I'll be here for four, four nights, four days, I guess, however long it's going to be. Sounds like fun to me. I'm always uh, asking you if you're having fun. Sounds like you're going to have a lot of fun these next four days. This is going to be incredible. It really is. And I'll tell you the fact that, uh, that this is happening purely out of a pandemic. We all talked about the pandemic. We said, what's going to happen? We don't know. But um, but hockey has not only taken off, it's gone crazy. And uh, tonight we're going to have a special guest on just a few minutes to talk about uh, what I consider to be the newest university in the West to uh, at least make an attempt at bringing hockey on board. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. Um, uh <laughs> You know, Wednesday night's our night to talk uh, ACHA hockey, and boy, oh boy, the ACHA just has not let us down a bit. Um, obviously, uh, D1 is our focus, just strictly from the standpoint that we don't have enough bodies to cover everybody else, but we like... That's why we need to win the Mega want. Millions. We can we can bring some more bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. But the story is, um, we're... I started this company seven years ago with the goal of growing the game of hockey in the West. Uh, it started with the Southwest. It expanded now to be west of the Mississippi River. So it's going to be fun to talk to somebody that uh, has got the uh, drive and what it takes to uh, to get it started. So I don't want to mess around because we've got the director of athletics from Park University, Gilbert, Jeff Four with us. And uh First of all, Jeff, what a great name! I'm a golfer by trade, Jeff. So when I say four, I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, we can Scott hear you fine. Stephen, with you tonight, uh, Jeff, and thanks so much for joining right. us. When, when my uh, my co-host on 
Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, Paul Hornstein brought this up to me. I said, ah, oh, gee, I don't know. I don't know. I'll be honest. It's, uh, it's one of those things that we'd like to cover everybody. We just feasibly can. But then Paul said, you know what? Your, your mission statement is to grow the game. Um, <laughs> you need to get these guys on. So here we go. Let's do this. Um, uh, we we appreciate, appreciate yeah. the opportunity. No problem. But first and foremost, tell us about Park University. It's uh, relatively new to the desert southwest, correct? It is, absolutely. So, you know, we're getting ready to begin our fourth year. Uh, you know, when you look at Park University, I mean, our main university is in North Kansas City uh, in Parkville. Uh, you know, they've been around for 145 years. And I think it was probably about eight years ago, the university decided that they wanted to do this again. And uh, they had several landing spots they were looking at, several different areas. And we landed in Gilbert, Arizona. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to to be part of the uh, the expansion. I, uh, as I always tell everybody, you know, we walked in our, our building day one. We had, you know, we had no students. We had no uniforms. We had no courts, arenas. We had nothing. Um, and we were tasked to, to build this out from the ground up. So, uh, you know, I've been in college athletics for a number of years and have coached on the basketball side. And I think this is one of the toughest things that I've ever done, but I think it's also the most rewarding. So, uh, you know, we're, we're growing like leaps and bounds. I mean, in our first year, we had, uh, you know, just north of 300 students. Year two, we had north of 400. Uh, you know, this year, we're going to be north of 500. And, uh, you know, who, who knows where we're going to go. But, uh, you know, we're kind of the, uh, the, hidden, the hidden gem, the hidden secret among private, small, liberal arts schools in, uh, in the Valley and, and out West. Well, let me ask you this, and I know Stephen wants to jump in with some questions here in a minute, but um, I saw the press release. I have it in front of me, and I'm looking at it. And, um, you know, I'll be honest with you, Jeff, in, in, during the pandemic, people told Paul and Stephen and I that um, hockey was going to die. It could be the death nail because it was too expensive and, um, you know, it wasn't really that big of a revenue sport. It was number three or four in a lot of universities. And. Uh, how would it survive? And it did just the opposite, as you know. Mm -hmm. it, it started to explode. NCAA teams came on board. Programs that were cut were refurbished, if you will, and brought back, rejuvenated. Um, so when 2018 rolls around, and then you have 19, 20, 21, um, what's the drive behind this to want to, to wanna get guys playing hockey other than it's a great game and we all love it? You know, it's a fantastic game. You know, I never played hockey, but of course, you know, a fan. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up near St. Louis. So obviously the St. Louis Blues are huge and, you know, obviously won their first Stanley Cup a few years ago. And, you know, I've been in the desert for a long time and, you know, I've seen the evolution of hockey and how it's grown. I mean, being a Coyotes fan, you know, from its uh, inception and I think, you know, what's happening and when we look at it, it's crazy. We don't have the, obviously the population base, but I think Arizona is one of the fastest growing you know, per capita um, hockey areas in the country. I think uh, you're just seeing an interest. And I guess when it's uh, 115 degrees out, I guess uh, what better place to be than, than indoors in a hockey arena. So uh, maybe that's part of it is, is the heat. But, you know, I think is, you know, we've grown our 15 sports and, you know, we were looking for an opportunity for expansion. We said, you know, where, where do we think the best opportunity is? And, you know, we tried to look a, around and, and look at opportunities where, you know, we could give our kids an experience. We could give them a great education, those kids that wanted to, you know, continue to play. And we really felt with the way hockey was growing, the announcement by the Coyotes in the new arena uh, and what they've done, junior hockey's growing, high school hockey's growing. We said, you know what, uh, let's be the, let's be one of the first private liberal arts schools in, in the West to, to go this route. And, and try to grow the the uh, the game of hockey. So we're we're super excited, super stoked for the opportunity to be part of this uh, journey. It's going to be a nice ride. Okay, Stephen and I will alternate questions for you. So go ahead, Stephen. Sure, uh, Jeff. I just want to ask. So where are you guys in the uh, in the process right now? And what is this, kind of the next big step for you as you're trying to to get this uh, these these hockey programs going there? Absolutely. So we were very fortunate to uh, to just hire a coach in Jeff Zimmel. Jeff comes uh, from Minnesota originally, has a tremendous hockey background in the juniors. He's coached down here as well. So we were really fortunate to get hooked up to him. We think we have the right guy that can help us grow that just because of his obviously recruiting contacts and then obviously what, what he's done here, uh, you know, in Arizona. So like I said, we just made the announcement and, you know, really our next first big step is our our first skate that, that we're going to have, it's going to be an open skate for those that are interested in, 
in uh, being part of the the inaugural team here in 23-24. So, you know, that's planned for August 11th uh, at the uh, the Ice Den in, in Gilbert, Arizona. And that's really going to be our first opportunity, I think, to, uh, you know, to get some potential, uh, what we hope are, are Buccaneers on the ice, uh, get a chance to get them, see them work out a little bit. Jeff's going to get a chance to evaluate them. And then we're going to give their them and their families an opportunity to learn a little bit more about Park University and not only the great hockey experience that we feel we're going to provide for them, but also the educational part of it, you know, where they can get a small private liberal arts uh, education, you know, small class sizes and, and that. So that's, that's our really our, our first big event. We're going to run one of those every month uh, through the month of December uh, and really just trying to build our funnel, trying to see our interest. And then we're obviously starting to, uh, to work on our, our application uh, you know, as we kind of move forward and, and we're going to, you know, like I said, launch this thing as a, as a division three program out of the gate with the idea of seeing where it goes and, and how much we can grow it. And, and what was it about the, the ACHA that, uh, because that's obviously the, it's mm-hmm. the biggest league, uh, non NCAA. So what, what, what was the uh, driving factor of, of saying, Hey, we want to, we want to reach out to the ACHA. And then if you've had any sort of response back, in. I know it's still very early in the process uh, at least right. on the announcement, but what has been the reception from, from the guys there at the ACHA? I think they're, they're you know, they're excited. I mean, obviously to, uh, you know, to get us to put our application in, they're excited, you know, obviously to have another hockey team out West, another hockey team, you know, in the, the Phoenix area. And I think that's what was interesting to us is obviously is, is like you said, it's, one of the largest bodies. I think it's the best route for us to go uh, and obviously provide the kind of hockey experience we want for our student athletes. I mean, obviously the, the number of, uh, of teams in, in California, even the few teams we have here, obviously in Arizona, in Colorado. So when we look at, you know, potential travel, being able to provide our student, our student athletes uh, a hockey experience, we felt like it was a really, really good fit for us. So, uh, you know, that, that's kind of what we're excited about. All right, I'm going to ramble on. I'm going to start by saying that I uh, grew up in Minnesota, and uh, my background, uh, Jeff was uh, playing on the last high school team in Minnesota to play outdoors. Uh, we actually played competitive hockey games outdoors, which uh, oh uh, my goodness, it, it was crazy. And this is that wasn't that many years ago, right, Scott? Josh. <laughs> 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 Okay, that's, that's uh, just the opposite of trying to play out outside here in the summertime. <laughs> exactly. So that's my background on this. I'm glad to hear you bringing in another Minnesotan because we just can't get enough of those uh, <laughs> running hockey. Stephen likes to give me a bad time on that part of it. Um, but it, another part of it is I love the logo. I love the Buccaneers logo with the crossed hockey sticks. I, I think that's so cool. So congratulations on coming Absolutely. up with that. Absolutely. We say, hey, you know, uh, Buccaneers can be kind of mean anyway. Now you're going to put a a hockey stick in their hands. Uh, How dangerous is that going to be? (laughs) Exactly. So I I think you got everything off on the right foot. And um, all being told, I started this company seven years ago because I wanted to see the game grow. And uh, as you know, Greg Powers took on the the venture of making the jump from uh, ACHA D1 to NCAA D1. He had a vision. I visited with him uh, many times over the past seven years, and I'm so thrilled to see his vision coming to fruition. Uh, so, so that can be done. But I want to give you another story, and you probably know this as well. But Danny Roy over at uh, Grand Canyon um, was basically in the same position you were. People were going like, "Really, you're going to start hockey?" And um, <laughs> he put up a, a sign, and I think he had four guys initially say, "Yeah, we're interested in it." And uh, the university told him, if you want a full-time job, I believe the number was 100. Danny would be able to tell you, obviously. But I think they said you need 100 kids in the program to become a full-time faculty member here as a coach. And I use air quotes there because Danny does way more than coach. Um, And he did it quickly, like within a couple (laughs) of years. And um, so it can easily be done. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, the youth programs have grown, and there's just not enough, as we like to say, lockers for uh, for students, student athletes to play the game of hockey. So, right, I'm pumped up for this. I really think you got something going, and that facility in Gilbert that you're going to use for a home is uh, is unbelievable. Yeah, 
Yeah, we do. We we think we've got a you know a good facility. I mean, I think that that's obviously a, a big part of it is is you know having a facility, having you know something that the kids can you know can can have some pride in and that. So, you know, having it really in our back door where university art is is you know really exciting. And then, uh, you know, like I think there's there's talks of you know continued expansion and in, in regards to potential hockey facilities that are coming that we're kind of aware of, and we hope some of those come to fruition as well as we kind of continue to grow as a university and and our hockey uh, program continues to grow. Stephen, you got another one for Jeff? Yeah. So I guess when you when you look at you know when you look at down the road and. Um, where do you see yourself? Where do you see this yourself going? Just as a as a program, as you're trying to build this up, as um, there aspirations of NCAA? Is that too far down the road? I mean, what where is a realistic goal? If you say four years from now, five years from now, yeah, where, you know, where do you see I, yourselves? I definitely don't think I, you know, I want to put us in a box. You know, I, I really want to see how it grows and how's it de- how it develops. Uh, you know, we would. I think the sky's the limit. I think you know, with what you've seen and how hockey's growing out here. Um, I think we're just going to kind of wait and see. I mean, I think, you know, really our, our first thing is let's let's launch our first team at the Division three level, you know, and then, you know, in, in year two, can we, you know, get a, a Division two and a Division three you know, program? We've also thought about, you know, expanding, obviously, into the women's game, the possibilities of doing that. And I think it's, uh, you know, we'll just see where it goes from there. So I don't want to put us in a, in a, in a box. I don't want to say that, you know, these are our aspirations. This is where we're going to end up going. Um, I think we're going to watch it. We're going to try to grow it. We're going to try to develop it and we're going to do it right. I mean, I think that that's really the cornerstone of what we try to do as an athletic department across all of our sports is, is we talk about having that top 10 mentality. And really that is to try to be top 10 in everything that we do. And in our other sports, we compete in the NAIA. And, you know, I think a lot of people told me, and I've got a lot of friends across college athletics that said, well, my goodness, you're going in and starting this new university. You know, you guys are going to get beat up for four or five years until you kind of get your feet <laughs> under you. Uh, and I said, no, we're not. I said, you know, we're going to be competitive and we're going to win right out of the gate. And last year was our first year that we were actually eligible for NAIA national tournament and conference tournament or conference championships. And, you know, we sent our first team to the national tournament. Uh, we sent four teams to the, to the, to the conference tournament. We were highly competitive in the top half, uh, in every one of our sports in our conference. Um, and I think we're going to take the same approach in hockey. I mean, we're going to do it. We want to do it right. Try to have that top 10 mentality. And, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, uh, a top 10 program is, is is doing this, we need to look at how can we do it. So, you know, given given the kids the best experience, uh, giving them an opportunity to continue to to play the game that they love, get a great education, and uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But uh, we're going to try to do this the right way. Jeff, one of the things that's great about doing live podcasts, and it was part of what I wanted um, to, to do live. A lot of people listen, obviously, the podcast on the download, but we have a text line now. And uh, one of our listeners is saying, uh, where did the idea come from? Who said, who said, why hockey? Why not hockey? Um, where, where did that all start? Well, it was, you know, it, it literally was through an email. So Jeff Zimmel, like I said, who had moved down here from Minnesota, literally reached out and uh, we had sent back a, back and forth a few emails and, you know, he had some experience in junior hockey and had some experience and seen the growth out here. And, you know, basically just asked the question, have you thought about getting into hockey? And I think that's really what spurred us on to, to take a deeper look. So it, it's amazing. It was just an email and we were looking for expansion opportunities. We were looking at, you know, what, where do we go? What, what, what's our next, uh, you know, what's our next play. And, you know, if you want to differentiate yourself in the market, especially among the other schools our size in Arizona, you want to find something unique. And I think just the uniqueness of it. And then when we looked at how it's growing, the access to facilities, I think was huge. So that's kind of how this whole thing kind of, kind of developed and, and it kind of grew its own legs. And, you know, now we're trying to run with it. Yeah. Never a doubt when a Minnesotan comes up with an idea and sends you, <laughs> you got to look at it closely. Isn't that right? Steve? Uh, that's right. <laughs> Sure, uh, sure. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I think that's fantastic because there really aren't enough people that think out of the box uh, when we talk about, especially sports like hockey. Um, you, know, you know, I travel a lot. I'm in uh, Detroit right now. I just left your um, home base, I guess, in North Kansas City uh, the other night. Um, but people will always say, and it's still a stigma, can you play hockey in the desert? And I always tell them, why can't you? 
Uh, the totally. ice surface, you know, you go to Oceanside, for example, one of the oldest facilities, if not the oldest facility, and it has some of the coldest ice that I have ever seen. And like I said, I grew up in northern Minnesota and played outside. So why can't we, right? I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's a great place to be when the, the weather's hot. It's a great place to be when it's cold. Absolutely. No no question about it. Why, why can't you? I think that that's, that's the big thing. And, you know, for us, it's like what better thing to get out of the heat than, you know, go inside. And then the whole side of it is, is that, you know, if you're in Minnesota, you're cold in the ice rink and then you got to go out to cold. So now you get to go cold to hot. So we can oh, just switch it here. We can go hot, hot to cold <laughs> and cold to hot. So I think it's a perfect, uh, it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect mix. Okay. So Steven's got more questions, but I want to jump in with this one as well. Um, so you start looking at it and obviously people talk about the costs and, and Steven and I do a lot of promoting uh, on this podcast of, of events that are going on, fundraisers, golf tournaments, uh, whatever it may be to, to help offset the costs. Um, what's the plans for you guys? If, uh, if you get an interest where, where people want to do this and your students want to be a part of it, um, what's the fundraising aspect or, uh, that you have in mind? You know, I think, uh, you know, the great thing about it is, is, you know, we have some great partners already in the Gilbert area. I think, you know, the Gilbert is, you know, even this from the city down is really excited about this opportunity. So, you know, as we're continuing to grow our athletic programs and we're continuing to provide opportunities for our sponsors and our promoters, um, I think it's, you know, an opportunity to to really expand. And, and so far, like I said, it's been incredible, the, the uh, you know, the enthusiasm that we've had around this. So, you know, we have a really good base right now. And I think as we start to now introduce this, I think there's even more interest. So, you know, we feel really good about our ability to, you know, support the program and support the young men uh, that are going to play in the program. And again, you know, put the best product on the ice uh, and do it the right way. But yeah, the community is really excited. So I think this is going to be an opportunity uh, you know, for sponsors and people that want to get involved in Arizona hockey and continue to grow the game, uh, an opportunity to do that and an opportunity to do it at a little bit different level because we are a little bit different than the ASUs and the U of A's and the Grand Canyons simply because of our size. It's just, it's a different, it's a different model, um, especially for a student athlete. I mean, you know, as we tell an athlete, if you go to ASU and you take English 101, you're probably going to have 150 kids in your class. You come to park, you're going to have you're going to have 15. And not every right. kid, you know, learns and, and enjoys that environment. So I think what we're going to be able to do is provide an educational opportunity for those hockey players that want to continue to play, but want an educational experience that's a little bit different. That's what's going to make us unique and interesting. All right, Stephen, you're back on. <laughs> okay. Uh I guess talk a little bit more about your, your school, uh, the whole school in general, uh, just about the campus, about, you know, the location too of where you guys are at and, and how, uh, you know, and how does that play into everything, you know, being, being where you're located there in Arizona? Yeah. You know, we're, we're located right now in, in downtown Gilbert. So in the heritage district. So it's a real vibrant, exciting environment. I say, you know, that area down on, on Gilbert on Friday and Saturday nights, pretty exciting. And we bring, you know, kids and families in, they're pretty in, enthralled and, and excited about the environment. So, you know, we're there, uh, you know, for the meantime, you know, we are in one building. We do not have a traditional campus, you know, of uh, like a Parkville where you've got the seven or eight different buildings and the rolling hills and all that. But, you know, when you look at our population, you know, we're about 80 to 85% athletes. So, you know, they're coming into an environment to compete, uh, you know, to the athletic side, the academic side, obviously important. And we're really proud of the, the academic experience that we give our student athletes. But we are a little bit different. We are a little bit unique. Uh, but that's not going to be us forever. You know, I think we have a growth trajectory. And as you can see, even through the global pandemic, we've literally grown by about 100 students. And there's not many universities across the country that has went through what we went through in COVID-19 and can say they're on a growth trajectory. So I think that's what's interesting, but, you know, we're looking at investment opportunities right now. Uh, where's the university going to be uh, from a campus perspective, you know, in three to five years, I think it's going to probably look different than what it looks like now, but uh, you know, we're up front with our students. And I think, you know, like I said, since most of our students are athletes, you know, they want the education experience, but it's the, it's the competitiveness. It's being around athletes all the time. It's, you know, on the ice, on the field, on the court, that's what they came to part for. Um, and so, you know, even though we're a little unique, um, you know, our students have really grasped the idea that, that what we have is, is a pretty good experience. And what part of, and I'm looking here, 
a lot of it seems like it's is online. If that's the case, I guess with the with the pandemic, it was not really much different. I mean, with people going virtual, you guys seemed like you were already kind of adept to having we, virtual learning, right? We we you know we did. I mean, Park you know Park always prides itself in saying that you know we were online before Google was, uh, which is interesting. So our online piece has been really important. You know, we also have forty four campus centers throughout the country and. You know, we've got a lot of good relationships with the military. So we uh, we educate the military at a pretty heavy pace. And so I think that element, you know, obviously is to our strength. But the, the thing is, is that, you know, we, we do have quite a few online class. I mean, not online, but in-person classes. And, you know, even through COVID, we, we never got rid of that. You know, we moved to a hybrid model. Um, but, you know, as we continue to grow, we'll continue to have more in-person classes. But, you know, I think when you have the hybrid type fit, you have the online classes that are also mixed with the in-person classes, it does make it more conducive and better for an athlete because of the practice time, the travel time, less missed class. So, you know, it's it's kind of the best of both worlds in the ability to take in-person classes, but also to be able to take classes online, you know, that works around your, your schedule and that. So I think that's, again, kind of what's unique about us academically. And the other side of it is, is that we have you know, we have a fall one, fall two, spring one, spring two, and then we have 16 week courses. So a lot of times our general ed classes will, you know, span the entire semester. But then what our kids are able to do based around their season is to kind of book in things. So, for instance, I'm besides the athletic director, I'm also the women's basketball coach. So, you know, fall two and spring one are our busy travel seasons. And so our kids had the ability to load up a little bit more in fall one and a little bit more in spring two. So it creates a lighter load during their heavy competitive season, during their heavy travel season. So that's kind of unique uh, of what we're able to do. And also because we're mostly heavy athletic, we're able to, you know, balance it out. And when we offer classes and, you know, right now we practice all of our teams practice in the morning. So, you know, some of our teams, outdoor teams practice as early as six o'clock in the morning. But by, you know, 11, 1130 in the morning, we're done. Our kids take classes in the afternoon and then a lot of them have the evenings to either work or do homework. So we've kind of been able to build our schedule that's really um, athletic friendly, both from an academic side and also an athletic side. Okay, so Jeff, August 11th is coming up uh, for the skate. What's the interest yes. like uh, now? Uh, how, how many people do you, or how many kids do you expect? So, do you expect both men and women or boys and girls? We're just we're just doing men to start. Uh, you know, okay. we're going to cap it. At, we're going to cap it at 30 at this first one. Uh, we just literally the day we launched the press release, which was which this week. So that was when we rolled the registration out. Uh, we've already got five uh, that are signed up and uh, just got a whole handful of others. He like I said, he he was actually in Minnesota recruiting last weekend and uh, he's uh, visiting with the uh, the Arizona High School Hockey Association and a bunch of coaches. So uh we're anticipating that we're going to sell that one out. We're we're anticipating that we'll have a full uh, a full group uh, at that skate on the 11th. So uh, again, we're pretty excited, only being you know into this a few days and and already having the level of interest we have with the kids registering to sign uh, and and getting signed up. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, a really good start. And like I said, word of mouth on this goes really quickly because there's only so many lockers, right? I mean, I know there is Arizona State. A couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, had like 125 kids trying out for two or maybe even three teams then. But when you start right. talking about 25 kids to a team, probably uh, 75 spots and you got 125 kids, where are the rest of them going to go, right? So they need to find a place. Yep. No, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, when you look at the numbers at ASU, you look at the numbers at, you know, at, at uh, NAU, Grand Canyon, I mean, those numbers are just astronomical. So, you know, I think the interesting thing will be as we continue to to get out there and, you know, broadcast this and we have these skates is, is how many of those back-end kids, you know, and some of those programs will go, hey, I could go over and be part of something brand new and maybe move to the front end of the, of the roster. So um, I think it's going to be interesting as we see how this develops over the next three to four months and, and our level of interest that we have. Steven, you got another one for Jeff? Yeah, I guess um... – Jeff, I guess uh, maybe tell the folks a little bit about yourself. You said that you also coach the, the women's basketball team, and I guess that's that's you know in a small a school like this, you, you have multiple roles. So what is a what is a a week like for you? Maybe at least during the basketball season, <laughs> you're, you're you're balancing being the but you're also doing the basketball thing too. It, so that's it, it's got to be pretty tough. 
It has been, it has been crazy as we've kind of tried to grow this, obviously with the number of student athletes and that, that we have the, the challenge that I have of balancing both roles. And then, you know, what I, what I was hoping was going to be a peaceful summer this year. Uh, you know, we had a lot of, not a lot. We had some of our coaches that had opportunities to move on. So um, I had to replace five positions this, this summer and I lost my assistant women's basketball coach. She had an opportunity to go back to her alma mater, Division II, Western Colorado. So I didn't have my assistant basketball coach. My assistant AD decided to step out of college athletics. So not only was I trying to do all the things that I normally do and recruit and be an AD, but no assistant AD, which runs compliance, and no assistant basketball coach. And I also had to hire a soccer coach, a track coach, and a softball coach. So needless to say, um, Monday will be the first time uh, in about three months, that we'll be back uh, fully staffed. So it, it's interesting. But, yeah, it's, there's a lot of juggling that goes on, uh, you know, a lot of balance and, you know, trying to make sure that, you know, my coaches have uh, have me when they need me and obviously trying the strategic direction of the department and looking at expansion opportunities like hockey and, and also coaching a basketball team that, uh, you know, has, has been really competitive. We were 40 minutes away from going to the national tournament, you know, last year we lost in the semifinals and probably are going to be picked to win our conference this year. But uh, there's a lot of juggling that goes on and, uh, you know, having to, having to figure out priorities is, uh, you know, always a bit of a, a bit of a challenge with the number of sports and number of athletes we have. But, you know, I've been doing this for, for a really long time and, uh, and, and couldn't imagine doing anything else. And I think it, uh, it keeps me young, you know, being around the college athletes all the time and, and coaches, just the environment is, is really great and exciting. So uh, it, it, it just does. It just keeps you young. Well, I'll tell you, I agree with you 100% because that's exactly what I say uh, when I go every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday into practices and, <laughs> and do player interviews, do stuff like that. It's just so much fun. And, and you learn some new lingo. You learn all that good stuff. So <laughs> it, it's I kind know. of fun. It's kind of – some is good, good some is bad. But uh, anyway – uh, you find so find wanna, something you love to do and you don't work a day in your life. Exactly. I want to ask you this, though, uh, about just the starting, because I'm fascinated by starting the university. I mean, uh, I've talked with my guys here about, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could start a hockey conference, an NCAA hockey conference, and, and bring in, um, you know, the teams that are independent right now? Because we all know that independence other than Arizona state, which is very unique at division one mm -hmm. NCAA hockey. Uh, the rest of them need to have a conference. Uh, they need to have something mm -hmm. to play for those types mm -hmm. of things. But how in the world do you get started from scratch? I mean, you talk about 300, 400, 500. What was day one like in Gilbert at park? Un yeah. Controlled chaos. <laughs> Pretty much. I think, you know, that's, that's, that's interesting, you know, uh, because, you know, we weren't, obviously the big brand name. I mean, how many people in Arizona knew about Park University, you know, in, in North Kansas City? And you know, we had, you know, a, a campus center at uh, Luke Air Force Base. So, I mean, there was a, was a little familiarity with, you know, Park University, but obviously in the in the broad scope of things, there obviously wasn't a lot. I think that was one of the reasons, obviously, to start with athletics. It's funny because the building we're in, was actually built in Gilbert for a university. St. Xavier out of the Midwest, you know, kind of decided many years ago they wanted to come out, not that many years ago, come out here and start a school, but they kind of did it traditionally. So they were just going to go with traditional students, no sports. Well, the problem is, is, you know, with all the opportunities you have for education, I think it's really tough. You have no brand recognition. You really have no name. And so just to start to go get the Gilbert High School or the Highland High School or the McTee High School senior to go, yeah, I just want to go to this new university. And they're in one building and they've got no clubs and they have no activities. And, you know, what do I do? I think that's a challenge. So, you know, I think when we looked at this and, you know, we built this out is, is there are kids out there that want to compete, that want to play. And I think what we were able to do is, is come into an area where, you know, there was a lack of small private liberal arts in Arizona. Um, and we were able to offer an opportunity. And I think not only Arizona, but I think what's really surprised us is, is how many student athletes we have from other states. You know, I've got kids from Wisconsin. I've got kids from Texas <laughs> and the Pacific Northwest because, I mean, Arizona is a destination. So I think sure. we started to look at we're going to offer you an opportunity. We're going to play at the NAIA. We're going to be in the Cal Pack. You're going to get an opportunity to travel, go to California, play in a really highly competitive NAI league. And if you go to another school, you're probably going to be playing behind the juniors and seniors. So you kind of get to sit and wait your turn where you can come to park, be part of history, be part of an opportunity to start something new. 
So I think that's really what we sold. Our coaches did an incredibly good job of doing that. Um, and I think that's why we've grown from, you know, three, four, five hundred, you know, here over the first, you know, three years and, you know, moving into our fourth year. So we uh, we're going to kind of take the same trajectory with, you know, with our hockey program as, as we have with our other sports is, you know, we, we think it's a really cool opportunity and a really, really nice area. We think it's a destination. Um, it's a growing sport. It's a beautiful state to be in. And so, again, we're really excited uh, about this opportunity. All right, let me let me ask this one is what's been the biggest uh, surprise that you see? I'm going to see this this is something that's been been worked on and and the announcement just is came out about what you guys are trying to do. I guess what what has surprised you about about this whole experience so far of trying to to get this hockey team going that maybe you're like, "Oh, wow, I didn't expect I, that to happen." Uh, well, you know, I I think just, you know, not not knowing going into this. I mean, we knew hockey was growing in the state of Arizona, but I think just the, the level of interest, you know, we haven't got a lot of pushback. I mean, even starting with the city of Gilbert and the conversations around the facilities, I think talking to the director, the, the high school hockey, I mean, how open he was and how excited he was. So I think there was a little bit of an unknown, uh, you know, being a new university and, you know, hockey runs a little bit different than your traditional sport with junior hockey and, you know, professional hockey and how kids kind of navigate their careers. And college sometimes fits and sometimes doesn't fit. And so I think that that was interesting to us. And I think as we've started to put this out there, not really knowing, I think, how we've been embraced by the community, how we've been embraced by the high school association, um, you know, even some conversations that uh, our community relations manager has had, even with some of the the, the people that are involved with the Coyotes and, and their interest in continuing to grow the game with the junior Coyotes and stuff like that. I think that's that's been interesting and in, in how much – I think just, um, um, I wouldn't say love, but appreciation they've had toward us and really trying to help us be successful. So we didn't know. I mean, you, you just don't when you're when you're going into it. It's a little different model. We're just different. So I think that's what's maybe surprised me a little bit is how much openness we've had, how much interest we've had at the level we've had it. So I, I want you as well to uh, tell us a little bit about some of the educational programs you have there because the hockey and the athletics sound like they're uh, top notch, but uh, what kind of education can they get? Because a lot of people, uh, you know, you look at uh, University of Arizona, for example, they'll sell their program to uh, a lot of people um, that they, uh, they're a big university where you can still play big time sports, but uh, even at the ACHA level. So tell us about your program. What can people get an education in? Yeah, I mean, you know, our educational programs are top notch. I mean, I think, you know, obviously probably our biggest programs right now are our business program. Um, obviously, you know, business is big. A lot of kids want to go into business. But I think is what's unique about one of the things that we offer is is what we call a 4-1 program. So what's cool about that is, is you can walk out in five years with your MBA. So you go four years, your last huh. year, uh, your last year in school, half of your credits count towards your master's, half of them count towards your graduate uh, towards your, uh, your undergrad. So you graduate, you go one year and you walk out with your MBA. So that's a really popular program for us. I think the other side of it is, is our fitness and wellness program. Um, it's a science-based program, but we have a lot of tracks you can go. So you want to go into physical therapy, you want to go into sports medicine, want to be an athletic trainer. We've got a sports management track uh, that we're really excited about as well. Um, psychology is really big communications, obviously the computer sciences. So we have a really well-rounded broad-based program. I think the other thing that we're really selling, I think is unique and really cool with us is, is, you know, we just signed a new five-year agreement with legacy sports, Bell Bank Park at legacy sports. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the new mega, mega sports complex that just opened in Mesa. It's the largest sports entertainment complex in North America. Um, and all of our sports, obviously outside of hockey and our track and our golf teams, because they don't have a golf course and don't have a track, are moving to legacy. So, you know, we had the academic building and we were kind of, for the first three years, have kind of played at multiple spots. Well, we now have a home. So we're going to have a branded court and we're going to have, you know, branding on our soccer field and our baseball fields. But I think what we've talked about and what we're doing with them as well is an opportunity to offer internships. So you talk about a student athlete that walks out of college with, yeah, I played hockey, I played basketball, I played baseball, I've got this degree, my career comes to an end, what do I do? You have no experience. And so our ability to 
kind of work with them and provide internship opportunities in the sports arena, whether it's sports medicine, whether it's, you know, training, whether it's physical therapy, whether it's business sports management, uh, some of the opportunities we're going to be able to provide them in that area, again, kind of makes us a little bit unique. So give those kids the real world experience. So, you know, if the professional sports doesn't happen and all the athletes think that they, they want to play professional. We all know that they're, most of them are going to go professional in something else. We're going to really try to set them up with an opportunity to walk out, not only having them play competitively at a really high level, also get a great education, but also walk out with a resume that's got meaningful experience on it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's impressive. Stephen, you got one more for Jeff? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess my last question to you would be just um, – what, what is a, you know, as a, as a, as you continue to to grow the the school and the athletic program, um, what is the the biggest thing that you guys need to to continue that progression? Just as across the board, not just necessarily hockey related, but but just from the whole athletic side, or just as a as a university it's, itself. Yeah, you know, I I think obviously you know starting with athletics is a great way to start a university, but obviously from long term sustainability, I mean you've got to build that traditional side. So you know we've finally crossed over you know a hundred traditional students, but you know traditional students' needs in college and you know their wants are a little bit different. So I think as we continue to obviously grow in athletics, we continue to add sports, our great relationships we have with Legacy. I think really now our focus is is looking at you know managed investment and what we're going to do with a campus and how we're going to be able to provide opportunities for, you know, that general student body and how we recruit that general student body. Because as I always say is, you know, from an athletic director standpoint, every one of the student athletes that we bring in has a cost, uniform cost, facility cost, coach cost. So, you know, there is a piece there and we also have the educational cost. You know, when you bring a traditional student in, yes, you're paying to educate them, but they don't have as high a cost. So you're, your revenue to expense model is obviously a lot higher on the athletic side. So I think as a university, that's really what we're looking to do now. And again, we're on a really good trajectory. We're going to have more traditional students this year than we've ever had, but really looking at those managed investments, how we're going to build out a campus, how we're going to provide traditional opportunities, a student union, more clubs, more activities, you know, the sports help because, you know, obviously to draw those kids out to watch, uh, you know, the teams compete. But I think that's our, our challenge is, you know, taking that next step and start to level off a little bit. You know, you don't want to be at 80, 90 percent athletes and 10 to 20 percent regular students. You, you know, you want to level that out. So that's kind of our next thing that, that we're working on. And uh, we're on a good trajectory of being able to do that. Yeah, good stuff. I, I will give you a couple more really positive things to uh, not that you need it because you guys are set, but. Um, seven years ago when I started this company and I went to see the, uh, the guys in the, uh, different ACHA programs, coach Berman was new down at, uh, at Arizona, the guys up at UNLV where Stevens at were, were trying to get it restarted. And if I would have told you right now, Jeff, that I thought that they would be where they're at, um, I, I just wouldn't have believed it myself. So I, <laughs> I look at it and I go like, holy cow, how did this happen? How did these, uh, <laughs> how did this really go? So it can happen and it can happen really, really quickly. And uh, I always give our ACHA teams a lot of credit and I'm sure you guys will be no different, but they portray themselves so well. A lot of times when I'm out and I see them, I can't tell the difference between an NCAA team and an ACHA team because they've got mm -hmm. matching track suits and, and they mm -hmm. just handle themselves so well. So uh, I'm guessing that's car part of the game plan. I probably got the cart before the horse a little bit on that one, but um, that's the plan for you guys as well, I would guess. No, absolutely. Well, you know, first-class experience. So, you know, just because we're playing the ACHA, you know, we don't want to look any differently. I think that that's exactly right. You know, given every one of our kids, you know, the feel, the look of being in a big-time hockey program. And so, you know, as I said, you know, our model in athletics has been since we started this top 10 mentality. So, you know, when we look at those top 10 ACHA, the top 10, you know, NCAA Division One schools, what are some of the things that they do? What are some of the things that we can model? You know, how can we build out? If we can't get there today, how are we going to get there tomorrow? So, you know, we definitely want to provide that first class experience because I think that's what's going to set us apart with what we have educationally, but also, you know, academically and athletically. Um, and so that's definitely our goal is, is to do it the right way and not not make our kids because we're in AI or because we're ACHA that, you know, you feel like a second class citizen that, you know, you feel like you're getting a first class high quality experience. 
Yeah, good stuff. Um, I'll let you go on this one. I'll let you get a little sales pitch in for for guys that might be listening to the podcast and be going like, um, yeah, I want to check out this park place. Uh, tell us a little bit about how they can reach out and uh, what they can do and how soon you expect to have guys on the ice if everything goes well. Absolutely. So they can go to our website, park.edu. Um, and then you up in the right-hand corner, you'll see athletics. You can go right to our website. That's where the release will be. Uh, we've got information on how to register if you want to get out for the skate. Like I said, we've got the first one on August 11th. Uh, we're going to be rolling out the dates for September, October, November, and likely December very shortly. Uh, but we just encourage you to get over there. You can email me, uh, Jeff four J E F F dot F O R E at park edu. Happy to put you in contact with our coach, uh, Jeff Zimmel and his email address also is Jeff, just like mine and Zimmel Z I M M E L at park edu. Uh, we'd love to, to talk to you. We'd love to reach out, talk to you about our program, both academically and athletically. And, uh, we would, uh, love to, uh, to have you come, uh, be a Buccaneer and uh, be part of our inaugural uh, program, which, uh, we plan on, uh, putting on the ice in 23-24. That's awesome stuff. I will uh, definitely make sure that I uh, stop by the next time I'm back in the great state Please of Arizona do. and introduce myself uh, personally. And I'll be looking for one of those Buccaneer t-shirts. So as soon as you got one, I'll be hunting one down, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> we will make sure we save one for you. Uh, the one, the, the big Buccaneer head with the uh, with the hockey stick. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll have uh, your name on one when you stop by. We'll make sure we get you one. Oh, there you go, awesome. Scott. You got some free stuff coming your there way. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> swag. Yes. You know, kids love swag. So does everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jeff, let me tell you, it, it's been a pleasure. Uh, when uh, when things get underway, we'll definitely have to have Coach Zimmel on. Because uh, every time I can get another Minnesotan to gang up against Steven and the Vegas stuff, <laughs> uh, we, we love doing it. So we'll definitely have you on. Thanks so much for the conversation and spending some time with us. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Appreciate it very much, guys. Absolutely. That's the uh, director of athletics, the uh, the women's basketball coach, you name it. He does everything over at Park University. Gilbert, thrilled to hear that they're talking about having a ACHA hockey program underway as well. So if you're interested, folks, get out, be a part of it, and uh, take advantage of more places to play, more locker space. Uh, Stephen and I will be right back in about three minutes to uh, wrap up another episode of the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, in over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, 
then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from a uh, very beautiful, pleasant Canton, Michigan, not far from the USA Hockey Arena, where I will be at uh, for the next four days or so. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, four. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Uh, our thanks to Jeff Ford for joining us. Stephen, uh, you know the drill by now. When we, tell, when we have a guest on, I hear things that he says. You say, yeah, you hear things that he says. Uh, what did you pick up from Jeff? Ooh, where do I begin? Well, you know, I, I think the big thing is is the obviously the excitement for the the, the creation of this this hockey program and, and to try to see where it can go. Um, that the um the the level of support that they've that they've received so far uh seems to be pretty strong and and that's that's good to see because as as we know Arizona has been in the news of course with what's happening with the coyotes and the fact that it's even though that's going on that the the hockey market there is still pretty strong which is why there's such a push to to try to make the the coyote situation work and keep them there and and hope things work out with with what they're trying to do with getting the arena in Tempe. So um, because there is a, there is still a, a, a feel for the, the market there, at least from the, the, the younger level. So uh, that that's exciting there. Um, and just having another opportunity to see a program grow from scratch and just to kind of see where it goes um, is, is exciting too. I mean, you know, of course, about trying to build things from scratch and, and to see where it can go over time. And, and as you mentioned with UNLV and what, uh asu did and what arizona's done in the time that you've started really following them and covering them and um it's pretty incredible so to, to see where they they might end up is is a kind of an intriguing uh prospect so that that's exciting there um and, and just and, and god bless him for all that he, he juggles i mean we talk about all the time the the acha coaches what they they juggle but imagine being a, a coach of a women's basketball team there at the school and you're the head of the whole athletic program there, which, you know, it's not as big as like an NCAA school athletic program, but still, I mean, and look, he said he had a, he had to hire some new coaches just, you know, and then a, a new system. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a grind. And, and, and sometimes you wonder why people do it. And, and yeah, there's, in some cases there's a money aspect to it, but it, it's the love of why you're doing it and, and what you're, what the reward is and what the, the level of accomplishment is, especially for a school like this, that's, that's so, that's so new and and trying to grow and and that's an exciting thing um i we see it with with hockey programs across the country whatever level it may be and i think that's just all the the intriguing and exciting part about it is uh is to kind of be a part of that uh, something from the beginning yeah i totally agree with everything you said i will throw a couple of things out there is you have to be open-minded um like he said he didn't play hockey but he was still open-minded to listen to people. So um, you, you look at it and you say, okay, um, there's a lot of youth hockey going on in Arizona and the Southwest. And guess what? Those youth players are going to get older. And the older they get, the team number doesn't change. I mean, there's still 25 guys roughly, 20, 25 to 30 maybe on an NCAA team. So the numbers don't increase, but the, the players do. And the caliber of play gets better. And I relate it back to um, three different scenarios. Uh, what Coach Berman had when he came to U of A, what Danny Roy did at Grand Canyon, and certainly what Nick and Anthony have done uh, at UNLV, because I remember sitting with those guys and talking about what their plans were and what they wanted to see and how they wanted to see it develop. And I'll be honest with you, we, we were sitting at the uh, the Las Vegas Ice Center, is that what that's called? Uh, and we were, uh, we'd be talking and we'd be going like, really? I mean, you guys are really good at the D2 level, but can you compete at D1? And now look at them. They're competing for a national Oh, they can compete all right. <laughs> at D1. Yeah, I mean, they were, you know. And now they're on the cusp of the NCAA. Yeah, they're that close. And it's been seven years. That's it. I mean, 
you imagine how much uh, gets done in seven years and how sometimes how little gets done in seven years? Uh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. I wish them the best of luck over at Park University, Gilbert. Um, I could think of a few projects here that uh, in Las Vegas that uh, <laughs> seven years uh, didn't get much progress <laughs> have finally progressed. Too. But but that's where it is, right? You have to yeah. uh, you have to think um, that uh, you know you're looking at at these different things happening, and you're going like um, you know you got to be you got to be outside the box thinker. You got to be progressive and aggressive, and uh, when you do, usually good things come from it. So I always love to hear the stories though about like okay, so. So basically, you you got an email from a guy from Minnesota who said, "You have you ever thought about starting a hockey team?" <laughs> well, there, there's your thing right there. You can't. Here you go, Scott. You can't go wrong with a guy from Minnesota, the state of hockey, right? I also mentioned this too. He's a 1988 graduate of St. Cloud State, so I know I some. Uh, I know love somebody it. that uh, is involved with some of the stuff we do now that uh, would love would love that. Uh, would love Nick, that, are you uh, listening? St. Cloud St. Cloud connection. He's not listening to this. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You would be surprised, my <laughs> friend. Okay. Anything else we need to talk about before we uh, say goodnight with uh, the ACHA side of things? I know the golf tournament's coming up quickly. The uh, UNLV one will be first on the 25th of August. And then the 22nd of September, I believe Utah's having theirs. And um, we got to start talking to coaches now because they're starting to put these guys uh, into action, if you will, even at the yeah, ACHA level, right? These teams are starting to really come into into fruition with the with the personnel. Utah's been busy, and I know you've been trying to get connected with them to get them get them on a future show, and hopefully we can get them on at some point and talk about what they've been doing because they've been adding a lot of players, and uh, we're still looking for some. You know me, I'm a schedule geek. You know, I was looking for schedules still to come out for some of our uh, teams, uh, and so we we look forward to that to come still and. And yeah, and just uh, this is the last week of July. So you think about it, August is is here here soon. Uh, some of the, these teams will start to get together. Uh, I believe late August they'll start to when the school year starts. They'll they'll get on the ice and start training. And you know, season starts in September for some teams. They'll have well, so I guess October really it starts. But some teams usually sometimes do games late September, at least scrimmages or so. So I know you know he's doing a scrimmage September twentieth. So I mean, I mean it's it's coming up quick. It really is. So uh, get your sleep in now, Scott, because uh, when September rolls around, <laughs> October, you ain't gonna have any time for sleep. <laughs> exactly. Although uh, you don't have time for sleep now because you're there. You are no. in eleven hours drive today or whatever it was oh, to man. where you are. And I'm exhausted. And, uh, I am exhausted. So. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun to be here for four days. I know the work is gonna be heavy. I know the and, interviews are and that's such be, a. Uh, uh, and that's such a rare op. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut no, you off there, but that's such a rare opportunity too, because you know, because of the circumstances, right, with the the two teams playing each other from the uh, World Juniors, right? That's why you're there, right? And so it's going to be, it's going to be uh, because of the you got the team already preparing for the next World Junior, the class for the upcoming one, but you also got the one from the delayed one. So that that's a real unique uh, opportunity. That who knows when that may come around again. Yeah, it, it probably will never happen again. And like I said, the connections that we have um, with uh, Coach Mayotte uh, from Colorado College being a part of this 2022 team. And, you know, as I said, I think there's 12 kids that I have on my list that either have connections to the Southwest, to the West, um, meaning Arizona, and then also our NCAA teams. I mean, think about this. You want to talk about an evolution? Greg Powers has two guys, two players. Uh, in this camp, uh, his program just started six years ago, and he's been able to put two players into uh, the NBT, the uh, National Evaluation Camp, and Ty Murchison and Josh Doan. And then you look at Denver; they win a national championship. They've got four players and an incoming freshman that was added to the team, so they've got five. And Coach Mayad down at uh, Colorado College, starting his second year, he's got two, including what could turn out to be the starting goaltender for the 22 team. So, you know what? Um, you never say never, right? You just keep working, you keep working, and sometimes really good things happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. I want to mention, uh, speaking of good things happening, you know, last week we had uh, Coach Berman on uh, talking about his players that are in the uh, the Maccabi games, and we want to congratulate uh, the Team USA on 
winning gold in that in the men's open uh, ice hockey title. So that would be uh, Brody Selman. Uh, you got Jesse Lowell. Uh, congratulations. Those are the two USA guys. Those, yep. are the, those are the two USA guys. And also Duke uh, Litwin, who got a silver medal. For So that's exciting there. And uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, what a great experience that must have been, of course, and having that uh, too. And then the, and we'll the other thing all. we want. I've yeah, we will get them. Yeah, I've reached out and told Coach Berman that uh, when he gets settled down, because he, he was in Michigan too and drove 30 hours back to Tucson. <laughs> and he gets settled down. He's trying to be. He's, to have those guys he's try, as competitive as he is, he's trying to outdo you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Apparently. He's not. He shouldn't be that crazy, though. <laughs> I'm going to shout out one more time before we say goodnight to uh, our friends at Enterprise. They've been so good ever since I hooked up with them a couple of years ago. And uh, this was, you know, I was really reluctant this week. I was going like, what the heck? Um, why am I going in this big Jeep? But I am so thrilled that they put me in there because the ride was incredible. Uh, we ran it. I ran into wind a couple different places and, uh, and that thing held no problem for road. no problem for a jeep no not a jeep that big by the way and then we talk about gas mileage steven um uh, oh sorry kansas i hate to blast you but kansas is not my favorite state every time i go through kansas the wind is blowing about 60 miles an hour and uh, my gas mileage from uh denver to kansas city was about 18.4 miles to the gallon the gas mileage from kansas city to detroit was 26.4. So I gained I gained great gas mileage by simply getting out of the prairie. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. But no, thanks thanks a lot to Taylor and everybody over at uh, Enterprise for taking good care of me as they always do. I uh, couldn't do it without them. And uh, I always mention to them, I go, you know, I'm going to be driving a lot of miles, right? And they go, yeah, it's our car. It's not yours. <laughs> So anyway, um, if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. We will uh, bid everybody a farewell. We'll thank Jeff for for uh, joining us tonight, the director of athletics at Park University in Gilbert, um, starting a new program. Wow, unbelievable! Take it away, my friend. Well, I do want to mention one last note before we uh, <laughs> before I do that. Uh, I know we're, uh, Craig Barnett. We we want to mention the the executive oh, director good of Catch. Good catch. Craig Barnett, who you've, you've, you've talked to, and I got to talk with a little bit during the ACHA tournament, great guy. He was uh, announced today that he is going to have a five-year extension with the ACHA. He's been the executive director of the ACHA since 2018, and so that means he'll continue at least through 2027 um, to direct the ACHA, which we remind people governs almost 500 men and women's college hockey teams at hundreds of colleges throughout the U.S. and Canada, and maybe soon the, the school we just had the guy on from the school that we just talked to tonight. So uh, it's exciting there. So, um, but yeah, he says, I'm honored to, to have the support of the ACHA to serve in this capacity for five more years. I thank the ACHA board of directors for their leadership and for allowing our staff to manage and work with our members on a day-to-day -day basis. More importantly, I enjoy and look forward to providing our student athletes with a safe and positive environment to play a high level of hockey during their college uh, years. And the ACHA president, Paul Hibbert says, Craig has done outstanding jobs, director of the ACHA. He has represented the ACHA with dignity and class throughout North America. Craig has never lost sight of the fact that the ACHA is comprised of student athletes who are choosing to play at the co collegiate level due to their love of the game while also pursuing their higher education and all the stresses of and academic rigors that come with obtaining a college uh, degree. And, uh, of course, he was had to guide the, uh, the league through the pandemic, which I'm sure was not easy. And uh, Paul Hubert did say that. He mentioned that, too. He said, this was never more evident during the past five few years as Craig and his staff guided the ACHA through a worldwide pandemic, while at the same time increasing the number of teams involved in the ACHA, creating more awareness of the ACHA and its partners nationwide, and cultivating new partners for the ACHA. So, and that's true. I mean, you think you've talked about you mentioned that with the you know we we, was, we thought it was going to be deaf nail to hockey at different levels and. And the uh, ACHA, of course, it, it took a hit during COVID. It wasn't a lot of teams playing, but they survived it. More teams are coming into it, and it's uh, it's it's thriving, and it seems to be doing well. So uh, that that goes credit to Craig and a lot of other people involved too, and obviously the schools involved too in their commitment. But but yeah, so that's exciting and a good a good guy, and it's exciting to see him going to continue to lead the ACHA for five more years. Totally agree with you. Take it away, my friend. 
From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue Las Vegas style. Drury Inn & Suites, our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at Liberty.edu. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of the Ice Time Hockey West Podcast are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. I want, again, once big thank you to uh, Park West Gilbert, the uh, Director of Athletics and uh, Head women's basketball coach, among other things, uh, Jeff Four for joining us tonight. Steve and I will be back again next Wednesday with a new and exciting episode of the Great West College Hockey Podcast. In the meantime, stay tuned to all of our social medias. Tomorrow night we have the Pro Hockey West Report coming out, 7.30 p.m. on the YouTube channel, the Great uh, great. <laughs> great. Yeah, I got to quit talking. And just it was it was great. It's a great show. It's a great show. People should should tune in and watch it tomorrow. They can't night. find it though unless they look at the Pro Hockey West Report. Pro Hockey YouTube. West Report, yes. <laughs> and then of course Paul Hornstein and I will be back uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday with analytics and eyeballs on Monday and the great. Uh, the great here i go again college hockey west live they're all great shows that's why you just they're all great shows they're all great shows <laughs> yeah that that they are uh i'm looking want me to, to do it for you, you okay. I, i'll do it for you sunday you got the great or the <laughs> see i did it now great <laughs> nice college job. hockey west live with you and paul monday analytics and eyeballs with you and paul again tuesday the the uh college West live show, and then we're back with the Great West College no, Hockey you, Podcast. You even got it worse. It's College Hockey West live. Oh, College anyway, Hockey West live. Anyway, I'm the one that didn't get any sleep last night. You're still getting sleep. Uh, anyway, uh, barely. I will, be, I will be watching some great hockey players over the next four days. There you go, great. Right That's here what you, at the USA go. Hockey Arena. So we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. Have a great evening. <laughs>